0: This is part two of a two parts podcast. Um, next one is oh the the, the guillotines. Um, uh, we talked about that. Um, and in here, oh, wood over cleaners. So so Zach. Now of course I've talked about Zach. Is this is the first time I've actually recorded you in a podcast. We we did
1: one last spring before the Holzer workshop where it was the whole whole oh, right. psychology crew.
0: Right, and and we were all talking about the up and coming because now, in in many ways, you are Holzer agroecology.
1: I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as scary as
0: that is to say. So so you're the guy that that's been bringing him in and working with him and working with his peeps over in Austria and and making all this stuff happen, and he's he's coming back. You 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 are trying to get him to come back and. May, April? Yeah,
1: we're, we're looking at trying to get him to come back in May. Uh, he's on board right now, and as long as he's still feeling good health-wise, he will be coming back in May. Uh, but either way, we'll be doing... This year, we did one trip over to Austria, which was a great trip. Saw his new farm, saw the Krameterhof, uh, did a lot of other fun things. And this coming year, we'll do two trips, um, end of July, beginning of August.
0: Okay. And and I know in the podcast we've talked about a lot of your stuff because you're like the leading greenhouse guy, and and you and I argue about greenhouses a lot. But I I don't know it seems like a couple times like we even did a show once sort of at the at that permaculture convergence like a year ago. Like the idea was to be greenhouses, and you were you were asked to do the thing, and you asked me if I remember correctly you asked me to come and be part. You wanted you wanted to fence (laughs) let's (laughs) let's dance yeah Yeah. absolutely i mean
1: you've voiced your opinion well about greenhouses and why you don't like them um and we do a different approach and so i wanted to have you down and come see the approach that we're doing Uh, and you got a chance to visit this spring
0: yeah and i got to look at it and 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 i and and you asked me in front of a group of like 20 people to to like you know okay go ahead bash my shit go ahead in front of all these people do it and and it's like oh man i don't want to ruin your show man so, you know so uh, but but anyway that's an that's another podcast for another day is greenhouses yep. and how they suck <laughs> <laughs> And I, there are techniques to make them suck less. And and you've done a lot of work on, uh, like that thing within Three Forks where they've mm-hmm. got the greenhouse that's like, okay, we're going to make a subtropical paradise mm-hmm. in Montana in a greenhouse, and it's going to be uh, an ecosystem. Whereas most people do a greenhouse, and it's like, I'm going to plant everything in rows and put them in little pots as starters. and And it's not like that at all. It's like... Systems, feed systems, feed systems.
1: And our yeah. greenhouses use a lot of techniques that you really like, like the the ground temperature. We're making effective use of that. Um, the polycultures. And then also a different approach. We're not... We're not trying to grow tomatoes in the middle of winter. We're trying to grow lemon trees and different fruit trees that are harder to grow outside here, some of them impossible to grow outside here.
0: Oh, uh, oh I'll, I'll take – yeah, that, that sounds like a challenge right there. <laughs> well, you you you, 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 you can in? do.
1: Let's see you do pineapple guava.
0: Okay, all right. <laughs> You're right. That requires serious tropical there. Okay, all right. Good point. You got me there. I, yeah, lemons. I'm I'm focusing on lemons. Let me get the lemons done first. How about coconut? Yeah, oh, yeah, Bana- bananas. Let's do some bananas. Okay, but all right. Um one of the projects that you did while you were here is um we've got that that we were talking earlier about Erica's weird little I mean this whole wooden box looks like a wooden box except for that one end uh and then it's like all metal there. And it's like why is this here? This this isn't right. And, um, and everybody keeps asking, why did you do it in metal and not in wood? And I don't know why the whole thing is one great big piece of sheet metal with two bumps on it. And each bump is a clean out. And, and then when the fire's going good, the bottom, bu- the bottom bump is fucking hot. Like, like, hot. yeah, like don't, don't, don't touch that. Um, and then the tall, the upper bump is just, hot. It's, it's just really hot. And, and it's like, if you touch it, it's like, damn, that's hot. But you, you get to step away with it with your skin on your fingers. And, uh, so it's kind of like, um, uh, we, we tried an experiment. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you want to tell us about the experiment?
1: Yeah, yeah. The idea was, uh, to make a wooden door for the end of it for the aesthetic reasons, but then also to have a little heat riser so that people could put their hand over on top of it and feel the heat drying in. There's a gap at the bottom of the door for cold air to enter uh, and then a gap in between the sheet metal and the wooden door for the heat to rise. So the idea was that people would be able to feel the mass uh, warming up and basically feel the heat at the bottom of the cleanouts. Uh, what we found is the way that it's set up right now, It's not really drawing enough. Uh, I think the next step for it is to close off maybe three-quarters or even seven-eighths of that gap so that there's a smaller area, maybe just a four-by-four-inch area for the heat to rise. And then I really feel like you'd be able to notice the temperature difference.
0: So now I'm kind of thinking that, like, yeah, we talked about kind of blocking it off a little bit just to see if we can feel feel the wind blow through it because so what we've done is we're trying to make a thermosiphon and a pump, you know, because this is all passive pumps. This is what we're messing with all the time. And it's kind of like, well, if we put that there, maybe it'll pull more air past it and that will extract more heat from the system. So the whole system will become more efficient. And I'm kind of thinking like we're going to be able to get this rocket mass heater to be, more efficient as we start introducing the guillotines and um we, we we take a lot of step maybe maybe insulate this place a little bit better <laughs> um maybe finish it um but uh you know what are what are a variety of techniques to try and extract more heat out and and, and keep more heat in the system and 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 uh but but anyway so this is so the idea was is that if if the air is forced to move vertically past those points in a stronger flow, then it will pull more. It'll pull cold air off of the floor, and then move it towards the ceiling, um, as opposed to just radiating heat, you know, horizontally. And and then um, then we're at, once you once you got done building it, then we're like holding our hands over this opening and saying do you feel the air move no <laughs> oh maybe we're stupid and maybe it sucks <laughs> no we're fucking brilliant <laughs> we just need a way to test it <laughs> so then we got to think it was was block it down and then and then when we block it down then we'll we'll feel the air moving past it we can like hold a little piece of tissue there or something and watch it go watch it flutter in the wind <laughs> something like that but we never we never got that far.
1: Yep, yep. And then yesterday, I was tied up helping Tim with the gu- guillotines, and uh, but that'll be an easy addition. Uh, maybe you guys will do it with the next group.
0: I imagine everybody who speaks French is is like cringing every time <laughs> we say it's a fucking guillotine. We're gonna put in a guillotine. It's what the French people use to lop off the heads of fuckers. <laughs> You know, and and then they're probably saying, "Is it a guillotine? A guillotine? Everybody knows you pronounce it guillotine." <laughs> we got to try it by Bart, maybe Bart or Adrian. A- a- they'll, maybe Adrian will will have to uh, edit this for the podcast, like is and, and insert the word uh, guillotine. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know. It's, guillotine works fine for me. I know what I'm talking about. You all know what I'm talking about. It's a chopper. <laughs> yeah. And a plug. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, next thing is the auditorium. So, I mean, this this rocket mass heater is kind of interesting. It's It's one straight shot of duct. There are no elbows in it at all until you get outside. And even that, we've been fucking with it. I mean, sometimes we do it without elbows. Sometimes we put a T. Sometimes we put an H. Um, uh, we've been doing, um, you know, let's, put, let's send it up and see if a, a, a riser there will help. Um, and then, of course, that's that's the first place we tried the external pump. And, and, and h- how did the external pump work there?
1: It did not. <laughs> uh, what? But, <laughs> but once again, we weren't able to get a good test uh, because – That mass is frozen. Uh, As we noticed, the more heat that came through it, the more it thawed, and the more water came out on the cement pad. Um, But basically, that exhaust probably never got above 40 degrees. Maybe it got to 50. But even just looking at it, it was never going up. It was always going out the sides, a little bit of down, sometimes a little bit of up, uh, but not enough to be able to really get a good test on the second pump idea
0: you know it's amazing when we try to talk about what the exhaust is doing we're trying to describe it the thing that seems to work universally between all of us is is to say yeah it was kind of going "Eh, eh, eh." that that somehow i mean i don't know how to spell that (laughs) but somehow that totally works and it's like you know, if you're trying to document this, how would you document it other than you know so only through podcasts can you learn? <laughs> There's
2: a seventy <laughs> <factor>. percent. <laughs> it
0: was it was a little bit more eh? <laughs> oh, that, that
2: was the T P yesterday, it was more like
0: eh? oh, oh, yeah. Okay, all right, all right, that's good. That's good. But normally what we've been seeing in systems that work well, like for example, right here in the office, it's like uh ah, yeah, it's uh I would even
1: say this one this one goes
0: to yeah. Yeah. Huh. Whereas, you know, in the auditorium is eh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, is it
3: was eh.
0: Uh, I didn't even go last time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh. Ooh, good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I like that. Uh. So anyway, um uh and what you know, we, so it's like how do we improve this? And, and at the auditorium okay, this is uh um a design that's it's Erica's stuff plus Ernie's stuff so Erica this has got this box style um uh uh core made from a mold so it was a pourable shippable core without a manifold and then Ernie made the manifold and Ernie likes using these half barrels which he then um uh he'll he'll take a re- uh, a reciprocal saw to it and then you know which is extremely loud and cut a chunk out and cut a more chunk out and and um, then grind on it a bit and 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 then uh, you' you connect some duct to, duct up to it and then you just slather the whole thing in forty seven layers of tape you know that that expensive aluminum tape stuff. And so it's just it's just caked in a mountain of tape. So I anyway so now you've got like this thing that looks like a you've got the barrel sitting on top of half of a barrel, which has got shit tons of tape all over it, and um and then they've taken that that little that little micro core, that Erica poured and and they've kind of got um some sort of metal strapped to the outside of it, which I think is to help make a seal, but I don't fully understand it. But anyway. <clears throat> What we've learned is, and, and, and when Tim tries to run it, then um, sometimes it burns fine. Not great, fine. And by fine, meaning it hardly smokes back. And then other times it's like, oh, look, flames three feet high coming out of the wood feed. <laughs> and it's like, is it supposed to do that? <laughs> no. And and then I think I was annoying you guys because it was like if if you got a little bit of smoke back, you try to mitigate it and fix it and fiddle with it and tinker and you're trying to warm up the bench and then I'd come in and I'd say, you guys, it's smoky in here. I'm opening all the doors and in the auditorium, we've got the great big door that the dump truck can fit through and the window and the door and all that stuff. So it's like, now, now there goes all our heat. It's, it's, it's like, you know, seven degrees outside and I'm letting all the seven degree air in just as you're starting to get things warmed up. But it's like, I don't like the idea of a bunch of people standing around and sucking in a bunch of smoke. Is part of this. This is like not what the project's all about. So, um, so then it was a major setback. Um, and then if you walk away and let Tim fuck with it, then you come back and he's made this wood feed that's like two feet tall, <laughs> and there's this big mountain of bricks and and um, you know to kind of cobble together a big wood feed. And it's like, no, the wood feed should never be taller than sixteen inches. And, um, and so finally, uh, Derek, I think you came up with a solution and it's like, it's so simple and elegant. Why didn't the rest of us think, why didn't you guys think of this? <laughs> and so Derek came up with it. And so basically it's like, make the wood feed shorter and then start feeding in half sticks. Because one of the problems that this system has is that the riser is like six inches too short and it's just, just an error, you know, by Ernie and or Erica. And, uh, it happens. It happens. And so this, the, the riser is six inches too short. And so the riser must be at least three times taller than the wood feed. And so, um, if the wood feed is 16 inches, the riser must be at least eight, uh, 48 inches. At least. And in this case, it's 42 inches. And then when Tim goes and makes, uh, a wood feed that's taller than 16 inches, you have competing chimneys and the fire doesn't know which way to burn. Um, and so, uh, uh, we, so Derek, you made the wood feed much shorter. And, um, uh, and so that seemed to help quite a bit. I mean, you, it seems like you reduced the smoke very significantly, mm-hmm. but, and then you got to have the long, boring day of sitting next to the fire. And we found out that if, if you, Uh, Take your wood and you chop it down to like finger width, like pretty small wood that it would burn fast and hot. And it's like, okay, let's heat this fucker up that where we need to get heat down to the other end to be able to test the secondary pump. And so far, everything that we get down there is like around freezing and we need it to get to like, can we get it up to 70, 80, something like that to see if the pump works. And um and so the whole mass is frozen and, and you spent pretty much the entire day making kindling, like big kindling, but you know, smaller than regular pieces of wood, and then chopping them in half or breaking them in half and then feeding it, feeding it, feeding it, feeding it, feeding it, make the fire hot, and then suddenly you've got this big mass of coals in there. That are glowing red and it's like um, – and we're like – so finally somebody – oh, I know what it was. I went down there. Somebody said that they put their hand on the manifold mm-hmm. that was going into the mass and it's like it's warm but not hot. It should be hot. It should be like 200 degrees by now at least but it's like 80, you know. So I took my thermometer down there, the point and point and trigger, you know, remote thermometer – thinking, I don't want to touch it because it's probably 300 degrees and I don't want to leave my skin sticking to it. Um, and I think it was 90 degrees that was going into the bench. And it's kind of like, really? But we've you know, we've got so much fire and it's moving the right direction. What the hell? So we think that what it is is like with the other ones, the barrel sits on top of cob or cobbish or or something like that something that's insulated and and then um <clears throat> then when you get to the lower end of the barrel the first barrel the temperature is like 200 250 degrees 300 degrees and that's what ends up going into the mass but on this one the barrel's a little bit taller and so if we point the, the thermometer thing jig at the bottom part of the first barrel, the temperature is like 200 degrees. And then you start going down the side of the barrel and it starts to drop, you know, 150, 140, 120. And then there's the little piece of duct that goes into the mass and it's 90 degrees.
2: And I think, I mean, that's uh, one of the reasons, you know, barrels are used is because of their excellent um, radiative properties. You know, that black steel radiates heat extremely well, which is nice and happy when you're sitting in front of it.
0: Right. But, it's the secondary thermosiphon that's in the design.
2: Yeah. But there's just a lot of it in that particular one with the extra half barrel as a manifold being uninsulated by cob or anything. So And it's
0: seven degrees in the auditorium.
2: <laughs> yeah. So ah. it's radiating a lot. The heat is <clears throat> totally sucked out of that barrel.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we're kind of like well man we're trying to I mean the whole thing we're running all this wood through it um, with the idea of okay we we want to heat up the mass so that way we can get the you know get like 70 80 degrees down at the other end of the auditorium where that outside pump is and see if that works and um, we we just after a day of burning I think I think it might have gotten up to like Like there's a, there's a clean out down there. I want to hold my hand on the clean out on the top of the clean out, which should get really hot, like uncomfortably warm on the top of the clean out. I was feeling like 50, 60, maybe, maybe 70. And then it still has a couple of feet to go till it gets outside. And, um, so it's like we never really got a proper test of the external pump after a day of, of burning. So, I don't know, I kind of look at this and I kind of think, well, maybe for an auditorium like that, maybe the mass isn't really the key because, you know, it's not like people will be in there needing heat all day every day, which is where a rocket mass heater really shines. Where um, um, and, and so maybe the thing to do is, is I don't know, we could try to heat the mass by insulating some of that, that lower half, that lower manifold. That might be a smart way to go. Uh, when Erica gets here later today, I'll visit with her about it and see what she thinks. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm thinking that the next phase is going to be, yeah, let's, let's add some cob to the outside of that. I mean, granted, there's so much we need to prove with the pebble style and things, but I, I, I just kind of feel – I don't like all that tape. I want our systems to move away from the tape, and that is a tape fest. And if we can add cob to the outside, we can eliminate that, all that tape. And it's like, if nothing else, let's try it and see how it goes. Um, but the bottom line is, is that that rocket mass heater is not very rockety. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's not acceptable, really. It's, but part of it is, is that the heat riser is too short. So it's like, okay, if we just fix the primary pump, and make the heat riser be six inches taller, or maybe we'll even make it a foot taller or 18 inches taller. Then it will probably be acceptable.
2: And there but, is a space, it's an auditorium. So you could make that thing crazy tall, you know.
0: Right. We've got 12 foot high ceilings in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can go higher and higher and higher. Although I'm kind of thinking that as much as I want the, the pump to work, I'm kind of thinking again about, like, well, you know, everything below the topmost barrel probably needs to be insulated mm. because I do want to move some of the heat into the mass and then at the same time I kind of think I'm beginning to think any time you have a pebble based system, which is what we have in there, you need to have a secondary pump on the other end. So because you need to make the air pressure inside the duct lower than the air pressure inside the room. Just to make sure that if there's a leak anywhere, that it's, it's, you know, you don't end up with even a speck of smoke inside. I, I just think that that, I like that idea. Mm -hmm. And I wanna, I wanna move in that direction. And I imagine that we're probably gonna put in, I mean, like, there's four of you guys here for four days. You probably worked a good 10 hours a day. So, that's forty hours per day so I was so there's a hundred and sixty hours that's been put in the last four days in rocket mass heater innovation and and I put in a little bit of time too but um uh it's kind of like um well I, I think we've got like five hundred hours more to go on all of our projects here just for this winter so um I yeah, not sure when we're going to do it, but we've got to squeeze it in. This stuff's got to be done. And um we'll figure something out. We'll, we'll get something figured out. But I think right now the next step is we got to get more heat down to that down to the end mm-hmm. in order for that secondary pump to kick in. All right. Um smaller wood feed the half sticks, Ernie's manifold, um uh too little heat to bench. We talked about that. Uh, the bench was frozen. Um, I mean, yeah, um, that seems to be a common theme with some of the stuff we're working on.
4: <laughs>
0: okay, um, the next note I have here is uh, the little core. So um, uh, at the last workshop, uh, um, Erica made this this small shippable core. It doesn't have a manifold. So I, I kind of think, I'm, I want to call it half a core. I think the manifold is kind of an essential component in a core. But, but basically it looks like a big block. And it has a wood feed, a burn tunnel, and the beginnings of the heat riser. Um, and, it, and it's so symmetrical that you could switch the wood feed for the beginning of the heat riser if you wanted to. Um, but one of the things that went on is um, I think, Derek, you you did a, uh, you did took um, metal bestis tubing, like a three-foot chunk, and stuck it on one end, put wood in the other end, and ran a fire in it for about three hours. Mm-hmm. And before starting the fire, somebody had the forethought of, like, let's weigh it. So what did it weigh?
1: Uh, it weighed 185 pounds.
0: And after three hours of burning it, it should be, like, 60 pounds. What did it actually weigh?
1: It weighed 179
0: pounds. Fuck. All right, so... Uh, didn't, didn't, I mean, when we hold pieces of this stuff, this, that, that, that's been made, that's been being poured into these molds and it's been thoroughly fired. I mean, it's got the weight of styrofoam. It's so crazy light. Now, granted this particular core is lined with fire brick. So with the number of fire brick in there, it's probably going to weigh 30, 40 pounds of fire brick. And then you're like, okay, and the rest of it's styrofoam, so the whole thing is going to be less than 50 pounds. Um, but it seems like until it's been thoroughly fired, then there's this, you know, it does have this extra weight. Now, granted, you're firing it outside, and yesterday was a warmer day. Um, it probably got up to 20. 20 degrees. and And so, but, you know, you're outside, you're firing it, and you got a fire on the inside that you can see a little steaming on the outside, and then also, look, are those are those cracks? And then everybody's kind of pointing out. I think I see a little hairline crack right there. Do you see that? Is that little? Well, was that crack there before we started to put the fire in it? No one knows. There's been there's so no one can remember if there was a hairline crack there or not. But there were these hairline cracks. Now we've moved it in here to the office. <laughs> and what did we do with it? Put it on the mask. <laughs> put it on the mask. Let's warm it up. Well, one thing is is that we've got the, the, some rings that were made uh, a few days ago. And somebody put those on the mass, And now they're like styrofoam weight. They're like super light and pretty strong. I mean, granted, it's from a piece that broke when we took the mold off. But still, pretty light. And it's like, okay, let's put the mask on there. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Look at that crack. That's not a hairline crack. That's a fucking crack, man. That's a, that's a serious crack. I mean, like it looks like the thing is going to break. So kind of getting a little worried about this. Kind of, you know, like, um, you know, do we have, I mean, we do have the one core that's down in the auditorium now that's made from this stuff. And it's holding together pretty good. It doesn't have a crack in it. And um, we are now, for all the stuff we're doing when pouring, we've been adding a bunch of that um, that kind of fiberglass cord that's for like stove door uh, stuff. It's like a braided kind of cord. What would you call that stuff?
3: Graphite impregnated door seal cord.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. <laughs> So, um, it's pregnant with graphite. <laughs> and, um, but, but it's designed to be used for, for, uh, wood stove doors to make a bit, of, a bit better seal. And, um, so we've been taking that and chopping it up. And by we, I mean not me. Um, like everybody else has had a go at it and everybody else is worried that they're going to die and putting on face masks and respirators and shit. And so, um, uh, but we're mixing that in as an aggregate. Um, and, and a hopefully, Stuff will start coming out better. Have we had, Have we had? like, do we do some rings with the aggregate, with the fiber aggregate?
3: Yeah, uh, each uh, ring that we cast progressively got better, but I believe there's a lot of room for more experimentation and improvement to figure out the right composition. But we have some nice-looking rings to experiment with, but okay. they're not perfect by my standards, by any means.
0: Did they crack?
3: Uh, first one cracked, and then we had some that delaminated off okay, of the th- structural.
0: The first ones cracked, but they didn't have any of the fiber aggregate. Nope. And then the ones with the fiber aggregate, did they crack? One of them did. Oh, but really? Not, okay.
3: Not, not super significant. And though. it was more, it cracked because of the removal and how we did it and the timing. Okay. I believe if we had stretched it out the second time around, we could have maybe overcame those cracks, but hard to say without doing more experiments.
0: Okay. So now, um, back back to the little core that, that Derek put a fire to for three hours. Then um, uh, one of the things is that, that there was some speculation that the cracks are showing up at places where there are bubbles or there's the fire brick that's embedded into the in, into the cast core. Um, but you know the crack that I'm looking at today, it's like, nah, it's it's got a crack. It's wandering around the back side or one of the sides. And it's a pretty significant crack and it's like, it doesn't seem to be following a brick or following a bubble line or anything like that. It's just a, it's just a crack. So I'm kind of thinking like, uh uh-oh, rut row. Um, so we, one, one thing to point out though is that when you were burning in it and you had the metal bests that was about three feet tall, what about what did you notice about the exhaust?
1: It was super clean. It was like complete combustion for sure.
0: Yeah, crystal clear, and um, good good air. I mean, blowing woof, right out of the top, and of course, you know, you got, so you get your sideways burn, and the fires, and then you're getting good draw through the wood, and um, and then yeah, nice clean, crystal clean burn, and it's got. Where the metal besta sits on top of that, there was, there were gaps and shit, but it's like, it was, it was just crazy clean. And it's like, yeah, baby, that's what we need. Lots of that. All right. Next up inside the house, we've got uh, a rocket mass heater and uh, we've, we tried putting a fire to it, um, a few weeks ago and it was a disaster. It would, it would burn poorly for about a minute, and then it just kind of thought, you know what would be fun is to just have a fire just here in the house. Like, you know, like let's just have a campfire right here. Bring out your marshmallows and stuff. <laughs> and and so then we, we had a bucket of sand, and we just filled it with sand, and it's like, yeah, no, no thank you to the fire in the house. Um, <clears throat> so we were not getting a good draw, and the riser... Um, is maybe an inch short, but it 's like that shouldn 't really make any difference, but the wood feed on it was way too tall and had steel in it and one of the things we 've been kind of figuring out is that if you use steel in your wood feed, steel just loves to drink in radiant heat and then it and then it becomes your wood feed then becomes a competing chimney. It gets so warm. That it's trying to do the convective airflow the wrong way and make your system run backwards. So your system will run okay, you know, for a minute and then the competing chimney gets enough radiant heat and then it starts to run backwards. So not okay.
4: <clears throat> um
0: so we took out the uh, this is the, you know the all this metal was put in there for this very elaborate uh, external air intake that was coming through the floor. And, and so we took all that out, and we plugged it. But we haven't put a fire to it yet. We, we talked about it, but out of all the things we talked about, it didn't make the priority list, so it isn't done yet. But we're talking about, like, okay, let's just add to this to get um, a, a wood feed that's 16 inches tall, which, which is the standard height for the wood feed, and then let's see how it performs. Although we could just not add any height to the wood feed, go in there with some wood bricks, do the half sticks thing that Derek invented and and see how it does. Um, it might be just just fine and lovely as is. But more experimentation on that later. I mean, the, the one in the living room is is supposed to be our super pretty showpiece, and so we want to make sure that whatever we do there, we do I mean, it's not a place for a lot of experimentation. So we want to do a really good job there. Um, and then, okay, the next note I've got here, okay, anybody else got any more comments about the house? I think that's kind of it. We've done very little there. Although, um, you know, we did get Zach to crawl under the house, you know, H- how is it under the house? Oh, it's dusty.
1: And if you have claustrophobia, it's not the place for you. <laughs>
0: uh, I've, I'm told that only, only skinny people can go down there because it's like, um, You got to kind of twist and turn your way in.
1: You got to you got to like come over both axles of the mobile home. So yeah, it's definitely skinny skinny people only.
0: Okay, you must be
1: this skinny to go under the house.
0: So there you go, folks. If you don't like going under houses, remember eat your pie. (laughs) Okay, and then and then skinny people will be punished. You (laughs) under the house. Fix it! Fix it! Like that. All right. Um, now we were talking earlier about the little rings, and so that's the next thing I've got on here. Oh wait, no, I've got I've got Tim's big cast core. So we've got the really elaborate cast core that's currently uh, or was up at the teepee, and then it cracked all over, came apart in like thirty little pieces, and we brought it back down. It's kind of halfway put back together, but it's a mess. And there was discussion about why it cracked. It could have been freeze thaw. It could have been a lot of different things. Um, and, and so the, the idea is, is we're going to do that again, only this time we're going to make a really high quality cast. And so Tim's welding that up now. And, um, uh, you know, it'll be better. Um, and, and plus the one that fell apart didn't have any fiber aggregate in it. So the new one will have fiber aggregate, you know, but we'll have the cast core. We'll be able to, you know, use it over and over and over again. Whereas the previous one, it's like it was dominantly wood and cardboard and kind of cobbled together quickly. And yeah, so this, this new one will be able to be used repeatedly. Um And so you guys have seen uh Tim's big uh cast core. What'd you think?
3: Very pretty, very pretty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for for a bunch of welded together steel, yeah, yeah.
1: I I think it's really going to be the way to go if if we can get the mix dialed in where we're feeling really good about it and get the curing process dialed in. I mean, you could just start cranking them out with a beautiful form like that.
0: Yeah, I I I kind of wonder if curing process might be part of it. So when Erica gets here today, Erica probably knows what the curing recipe is, and we need to we need to get that one like what, what does this stuff require, this goo that Erica has brought to us? What does it need from us? Because if nothing else, we could take Tim's mold, um that because of course Tim's solution, I was like if you tell Tim, Tim, I want you to build a doghouse, his first response is, Yeah, I could weld up a doghouse. Yeah, I could uh, you know you could probably make a doghouse with some eighth inch steel, but uh, you know a three h and three eighths inch steel that'd be that'd be a better doghouse. <laughs> And, uh, you know, stronger. And, and so that's, that's kind of Tim's solution to a lot of things is like, uh, yeah, if, if I can use a welder on it, that's what, that's the way I'm going to go. <laughs> that's, a, that's the solution. So, um, but anyway, uh, uh so it's, I mean, it, I kind of think though that we're going to end up with an extremely industrial strength and of course welded and, and, I, and it looks really nice. I mean, Tim's a good welder. Uh, and, and I think that one of the things we might possibly try is cobish. What if we what if we use cobbish in there? I wonder what that would come out like and we just pack it in there good and tight. Then would that be I mean it seems like it wouldn't be thick enough, but I don't know, maybe. Um, I mean once the clay uh gets heated and it's, you know, kind of a ceramic thing, then um, that could could be strong enough. We'll see, we'll see. All right. Um, little rings. We we One of the things that we've done is, uh, in the auditorium and here in the office, the heat risers are about six inches too short. And so it's kind of like, all right, what would be great is to make them the right height quickly and simply. And so um, Tim has put together two cast rings, two ring casts. And uh, we've been filling them up with the Erika Goo and um, uh, experimenting with that. And then the idea is, is that we could take, once these things have gone through their 48-hour cure process, we can put them into these scenarios and extend the riser by 6 inches as well as extend the barrel by 6 inches. So the whole system's extended 6 inches and now is of a more appropriate size. Um So I think we've done two casts so far. Is that right? Of the rings? Well,
3: two sets of castings.
0: Right, because we, for each casting, we there's a good. small ring and a large ring. Mm-hmm. And so the first one, how'd that go? Uh,
3: first one went okay, but not as good as it should have gone. Uh, we had the large ring fail on us, and the little ring we had to do some uh, repair to.
0: Okay. So the little ring we have, and we just have to stick some goo on it on the outside, and it's like, uh, yeah, we, we could use that for something. We
3: battered it up. Just so that we could have at least another test ring, but okay. I wouldn't rely on okay.
0: you know, the
3: family farm on it.
0: All right, all right. And then the outer ring, when you took it apart, it cracked. But this had no fiber aggregate in it.
3: No fiber aggregate.
0: Okay. And um, but but an interesting thing is is that the ring cracked and we just left it on the, the mass in the office, you know, because it was a convenient place to ignore it.
3: We didn't pull the yeah the frame off the first one. Um, As soon as we probably could have, and then the second go around we tried to speed that up, but um, it may not have been warm enough for it to cure quick enough. It was still
0: okay. Well, I guess I guess the thing, the place I'm going with it is, is that there's a chunk of that first ring, Mm -hmm. that broken first ring, Mm -hmm. that's currently sitting out on the thermal mass, and we lifted it up this morning. Feather light. Feather light. I mean, it's like the weight of styrofoam. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it feels nice and strong, um, and it's just, you know, broken. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, um, okay, you know, what are the things that we do to make it better? And, and, and stuff like that. But I also know that at one point in time, uh, one of the rings was put together and, um, somebody forgot to put the Crisco on first.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. So we had to pull that out.
0: And, and so I'm sure we're using all organic, uh, permaculture Crisco.
3: Super organic. Uh, Biodynamic uh, Crisco. Uh, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) we also found in our subsequent ring test that possibly the Crisco is getting uh, vibrated off or agitated off or scraped off as we put in our structural components in the ring and agitate it down. So wax paper was a topic we discussed, possibly lining the outer part of the, the mold with wax paper or something like that. Yeah. So that when the frame comes off, it's easier, but also you can peel that stuff off.
0: Right, right. I think that might be a good idea, too. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But maybe wax paper and Crisco. Yeah. So And, and I don't know if... Uh, it's the
3: biodynamic Crisco.
0: I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned this in a podcast before, but, but Crisco was originally developed to be a candle wax replacement. And um, and then when they came out with it, they're like, oh man, we are so going to clean up the market with this candle wax replacement. This stuff is so amazing and awesome. And then it was like at about the same time that this new thing came out that everybody was excited about, called the electric light bulb. And um, so suddenly it's like those fuckers of the electric light bulb totally crushed our business plans. And it's like, well, now what do we do with it? <laughs> <laughs> So, marketing. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant marketing. So, we've got all this Crisco for candles. And what are we going to do with it now? <laughs> all right. Um I think I you know, the Little Rings project, I think that's going to be um I think that's going to end up being a pretty cool thing and and will be useful for a lot of different projects in the future. Um uh, oh, and uh um somebody brought us fifty folding is it fifty folding chairs
1: we didn't count, but we brought you all the good ones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't bother hauling the shitty ones over from no, bozeman
1: no we left them there <laughs> all the good ones
0: all right all right all
1: so this is all
0: the chairs that you had for the for the sepulcher event that was last spring right it is. in bozeman in bozeman you heard me bash the shit out of that and i a...
1: listened very thoroughly <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, But anyway, um, uh, no future Bozeman event, so you don't need these chairs anymore.
1: Exactly, exactly. I'm moving on to a couple of different projects, one of them being here. Um, and out of my projects, you guys will by far be able to get the most use out of them. So I asked Jocelyn if you guys wanted them. She talked to you, and now they're your problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so these are standard metal folding chairs. And my first thought was, is like, okay, the, the, the shelves on wheels that we got in the auditorium are so awesome that I thought, let's make another shelf and put them on there. But it's like, you know, the list of things to do is so immense that, uh, so, so where are they now? In the showers. Which, Cause, Cause they were dirty.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. No, well, <laughs> it was actually a good idea because no one's using the shower anytime soon with it. Being below zero outside, (laughs) and uh, it'll keep them nice and weathered until a shelf gets built, and then they won't be in the way. Because if you move something like that a bunch of times, you start cursing whoever brought it to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, So now we've got lots and lots of chairs, metal chairs. I remember sitting in one of those metal chairs thinking... Thinking, I'm going to spend five days sitting in this chair. <laughs> this, you know, my 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 butt is is all, you know. Anyway, it was all right. It was all right. <laughs> Fortunately, we got up a lot and moved around. So, um, but thank you for the chairs. Now we got lots of chairs. Um, the electric vehicles. So, did everybody get a chance to drive an electric vehicle? Okay, everybody. Everybody. Oh, yes. So, so let me let me just check in. Really cool driving electric vehicle. Would you say it's I don't know fucking awesome? I mean, it's electric, so it's like totally quiet, and it's like
3: so quiet. All the things you can sneak up on and do at night with an electric vehicle. Oh.
0: <laughs> so you're thinking of crime? No. <laughs> no not at all. Oh, not at all. That was all me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, they are, it's, it's a, uh, it's amazing how quiet they are. And it's like, I, I kind of feel like if you're going to do, you know, permaculture or farming or anything and you need to move stuff from one point to the other, that not only does having a little vehicle like that really, really help get around and, uh, but when it's quiet like that, I feel like you can do more observation. I mean, you can hear more, you can see more. Um, you're just, you're. I mean, you can, I, you can see more because you hear a thing and it, you look over there to see. Oh, that's what's going on now. So it's, it's.
3: You're definitely oh. seeing more wildlife. Definitely seeing more wildlife.
0: Oh right, that's we a good point. That
3: even yesterday, we were able to drive right up on deer. Just so much quieter yeah. and quicker. Just chilling out at the teepee. We drove up and he's like, Hi.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't hear you coming. <laughs> yeah. People. It's
3: nice to see you here.
0: They usually make more noise than this. Yeah, Um
3: They may be better suited for the warmer climates, though.
0: Yeah. So on these sub-zero days, the range has been dramatically reduced. So uh, I think you guys went up on the laboratory to the teepee, and then you came straight home, and then you were about a quarter mile shy of getting back, and it said, I'm done. <laughs> yeah.
2: That one, it didn't even the know end. it was done. The, the meter... <laughs> He, he thought he wasn't done, but he was actually done.
0: They, they were having some communication problems within the contraption itself.
2: Yeah, but that one was,
0: uh, was the new a,
2: one you purchased. That's got that's actually the old one. Yeah, so it's an older bad boy with old batteries. So that's part of the yeah. That is the issue there.
0: So basically, the panel in front of you said, "You'll make it home fine." Yeah, and, and then it said, "Psych! <laughs> you're so fucking gullible. You'll believe anything I tell you." Dumbass!
2: it's funny how all batteries seem to behave the same and like you know when you're i don't know your, your cd player dies or something you can turn it off and then wait you know i don't know half a minute and then turn it back on and then you can listen to another minute of the song or well, the vehicle is like 52. that too hey so you can turn them off and, and this wait and then go another hundred feet every five minutes
0: hey and this time you brought your cell phone yeah, and and that that worked out because you know, you called the only the only number that you have for anybody over here, and and uh, and then and then we dispatched the Weiss boys. <laughs> And, it's an and,
2: incredibly efficient towing team, by the way. You yeah. guys are out there in, like, <laughs> seconds, three minutes. If I ever
3: break down, I want them as my tow truck driver. Okay. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. All right. So, uh, um, uh, gotcha. Now, you guys went out in a, one of them petroleum-powered things. They retrieve them, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right now, I think we still have – I think we've got I – th- I think three vehicles are effectively offline. I mean, one of them – you can kind of limp along. In fact, I think he took the I think he took the uh the 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 one the the other buggy out and and it's steering is wonky and it doesn't have a parking brake.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, it's like driving yeah, it's Kirby, the love bug. <laughs> it's like you're going to go that way and all of a sudden he wants to go over there. You know, you know, do something. Maybe he's got adventures planned or something.
0: Uh-huh.
2: But he has a windshield, so he's warmer.
0: Okay. So in in sub-zero temperatures, a windshield is a big positive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who would have right. thought? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, we, we, all these winter projects, winter is the time when you get all your equipment brought up to 100%. And, um, but we're still trying to get other things done. And so the equipment keeps taking a backseat to other projects. We still need to get them fixed and, and things. So, um, all right. Um, the dailyish email. Now I thought that everybody who's coming out found out about this with the daily email but what we do is is like for this event I mean it was short notice and um, and basically it's like um, uh Emily and Tony were coming back and it's like we just need to get that TP thing done and we just need to throw can, can we can we bring in a bunch of people to just help get that done um, and and it because we need to get that whole project of living in the TP through the coldest part of winter underway and I think we're this is probably the, going to end up being the coldest part of winter, so we'll have missed that. Mm-hmm. so you guys are going to, have to stay another year, sorry, Oops. you know it's <laughs> it's like when you join the army and the army says, is sending you back to Afghanistan, I know your time's up, and everything, <laughs> but it turns out there's fine print
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so um uh, uh but we we kind of we need to get that project underway and and it's like and it seems like there's lots of people that are like. Please, 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 anytime you're doing Rocket Mass Heater stuff, let me know and I want to come out. And it's like, I can't remember all the people that do this. So we just, so we posted something at Permis and it sounds like a lot of you found out about it from that, from just posting at Permies. And then I sent out something in the Dailyish email. So, but I wanted to say that if people like listen to this podcast and are like, I want to come out and play, then it's like, you know, the Dailyish email is probably the best bet, but you could be a little ahead of everybody else by actually looking at Permis. I don't know. I guess people must be looking at Permies every day or something. So pretty
1: much the only website I actually look at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, uh, I wanted to put out a plug for the dailyish email, but it turned out that that's not really the big the big win this time, I guess. It was it's actually participating in Permies. So, um let's see. We've talked about Kabish, the Pocket Rockets. Um Oh, um um Currently, uh, food this week has been cooked dominantly by Deborah, uh, who has a passionate interest in uh, rocket mass heaters as well as, um, uh, you know, just being part of our project. And so she came out and did, did most of the cooking. And um, uh, she has a passion for a tiny house, and she wants to – so we've all kind of spent a little bit of time visiting with Deborah about a rocket mass heater and a, and a tiny house. And, and my response was is it's like, okay um, – the first rocket mass heater project I ever worked on was at Cobbville, and it was Ianto's office. And um, that was tinier than a tiny house. So when we start talking about um, the possibility of a tiny house, then what do you got there?
2: I don't know. It's some bug that just fell off of me, so I'm curious what it is.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> now, Now we're all curious what it is. And and so, how sure are you that it fell off of you?
2: It was on my cheek.
0: Oh my! So it's an it could be an attack bug. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you used to have a mole, and uh...
2: okay, I'm confident it's just a spider, so I'm okay.
0: Okay, all right, all right, all right. You're 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 a spider attractant. (laughs) It's like Pepe Le Pew. (laughs) So the spider's trying to romance you. All right, right. So the smallest one – so Yanto's office is pretty – of course, it's a six-inch system that we put in there. And then the thing is is that he would hardly ever have to put a fire in it um, because the mass would just hold heat for so many days in such a small space. Now, for a tiny house, I just think, you know, a, a pebble system is going to be not as not as heavy. Um, and then uh, somebody here was talking about – it was you, Paco, and no, it was Derek, talking about a good idea would be if you're going to put a rocket mass heater into a tiny house – uh, make sure to put it over the axles. Is that right? Oh,
1: just put it in the middle of the of the house in general, so that you don't have weight to one side.
0: Okay. All right. Try and try and center the load a bit. Um, I would I would say try to get it yeah over the axle and maybe a little bit towards the tongue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that way it's not popping a wheelie as you're you know like uh, oh I've decided to park and but it's always kind of crooked because the tongue is up in the air and yeah. <laughs> So but yeah in the middle in general it sounds sounds good. I think pebble style is good um uh because it's going to be lighter mm-hmm. and um and maybe part of the thing to do would be I mean I having a mass is important but of course moving a mass down the road has issues. On the other hand if you're putting it on a standard trailer this mass is not that much of a mass. It's not that heavy. So you'll you'll be perfectly fine. Um, you could even do Cobb, but I, I think, I think in the case of a tiny house, um, rattling down the road, I don't think Cobb's going to be good for that. But, but I think Pebble will be fine, um, and I, and I, th- I think it'll be an an awesome asset to a tiny house. Um, I know that some people might be tempted to try and do a four inch system. Ernie and Erica said that that they they have yet to see a four inch system work well, and I can tell you that the six inch systems that I've seen. Have all, I've, I've seen, I've had great success with six inch systems. Um, eight inch systems are just, you know, bigger and, and, and heat a bigger space. Um, so, yeah, tiny house and rocket mass heater, I think that they are an excellent combination. Um, final point that I have in my notes is, um, torches. And so, um, I've got a little propane torch here, the kind that auto ignites. And uh, I got to tell you, um, it is. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I'm cheating.
2: That's what I was thinking when I was using it yesterday. I kind of feel like I'm cheating. I should be more natural or something. But man, is that is Nice. Awesome,
0: isn't it? <laughs> so, like, there you go. Up to the teepee. The wood's a little damp. The paper's a little damp. Everything's a little damp. And you're kind of like. You get your little lighter, flick, 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 you know, and it's like, eh, kind of. Come on, paper, come on, paper, come on, take the fire. And then you get up there with this propane torch. There, it's like, there you go. That took that was, took like eleven seconds, and the thing's blazing. And it's like, <laughs> so yeah, totally feels like a cheat, and at the same time, kind of fun, kind of cool.
2: Like if it's yeah, if you've got a heater in your house, it might not be a bad idea. It might make your life a little bit simpler.
0: Well, and and then those little kind of butane fireplace starters or barbecue starters, and they put a little tiny flame at the end. It's like um, some, sometimes those are kind of hard to start. You're like click 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 click. Come on, you fucker! Click 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 click. Or same thing with a lighter. And and by the way. You know, it was kinda like, here's, people say with Rocket my ears, like, okay, we gotta start the fire, who's got a lighter? Well, I sure as hell don't, we're all like, none of us do. And then this time, two guys are like, oh, I got a lighter, right here. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't answer that. Don't, a- I don't wanna know. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I always keep a lighter yeah. on me. I mean, duh, you know? Well, you can't
1: come to a rocket mass heater workshop without a lighter.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that. Because <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> so, so anyway, we got that. And then the other thing is, is that, um, along the lines of the butane stuff, because everybody, you know, because the lighters run on butane, um, and then, uh, those little fireplace starter things run on butane. There's a thing I got off of Amazon for like six bucks. And it calls itself a, a torch, but it runs on butane, and it has been really cool. So if I'm not using the propane torch, I'll use this little thing. So when you guys took my torch to is that go little up,
2: little pen looking thing, right?
0: Yeah, there it is, right there. I
2: brought it
0: back. <clears throat> Let's see if we can. Oh, now we've got two of them here. Um, so it starts off making this, and then you. Oh, now it's going to not do it. Oh great. Is the
2: little red switch
0: down? Oh yeah, you guys have been it just moves sometimes. You've been modifying the settings. Oh there it goes. That's it. You've been modifying the settings on my little torch. But the great thing about this is is that it'll burn upside down. And so what I'll do is is that I'll put all of the the wood in and then I'll put in like a couple of pieces of kindling and then maybe some paper bits. And so now now Jocelyn, wherever we've got this uh like our our garbage cans and we got some recycling and stuff. jocelyn has been setting out these <clears throat> paper sacks to put burnable stuff in, and so now I just kind of reach in and get a handful of little burnable scraps of paper and throw that in there. It's like you know instant instant papery bits in the fire, and then I put I aim that thing down. I start it up, and it, and unlike the little um, barbecue lighters or fireplace lighters or uh, a lighter. Where there's a little tiny flame that comes out of the end and goes up, this thing shoots a flame down. It's a very pointed blue flame, and it goes down. And um, so now, which because you know the all of the material that's in the rocket mass heater is like down, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and it's been amazing. And it's like I light the top of it, but since I've already primed the riser, it's already pulling air down and then it just burns its way down it's been it's been awesome it's been it's been cool of course the propane torch is still the with the with the auto start the propane torch with the auto start is is still the way to fly you know but it just seems like a lot of a lot of fuel it seems wrong mm-hmm. it just just seems wrong <laughs> but but the uh the the little butane thing has been really kind of cool and of course if uh um uh, uh alexia allen were here she would uh Probably start it with uh, with her bow drill, you know. That's how she starts all her fires. I guess I've got her doing that in one of the videos where she just kind of starts a fire in like half a minute with a bow drill. But <clears throat> all right, um, hey, and that's the end of my list. Anybody else? What else we got? Anything? Anybody? No. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, thanks
3: for having us out, dude. It was a blast and beautiful weather. Thanks for having the snow.
0: Beautiful weather. The the bitter cold. Was beautiful.
3: I love snow.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. All right. He's from
3: Washington.
0: <laughs> yeah. I guess Come the out it ex-
2: doesn't get snow.
0: Experience the cold, and 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 I think it's only like once every three or four years that it gets this cold now in Montana, so at least around here. Maybe there's other parts where it gets much colder, but um and thanks for coming out guys and moving all of our experimentation forward. I hope that um, the experiences were were worth the trip out. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we're going to I think we're going to probably be doing a, a little bit more of this over the next uh, couple of months to get get all of our systems up to 100%. So,
3: Go Tigers. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about rocket mass heaters, homesteading and permaculture all the time.